You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Good afternoon. Welcome to Conversations and Meditations. I'm your host, Virgil Varix, and today is April 20th, 2019. Let's get right into the show. Okay, so today's topic is going to be on uh, stress management and building resilience um, for stress in uncertain times. So I think, you know, just like a, as a preface before I kind of get into the discussion itself, you know, we all deal with stress. That's that's something that we um, – it's a human universal Everyone deals with it. Um, everyone has different stressors in their lives, whether it's um, internal, external, personal, um, relationship-related, work-related. Stress comes to us all and stress happens to us all. And it's important to realize and understand that when it comes to, you know, dealing with, dealing with stress and under, you know, understanding, you know, how we go through stress, we're kind of all in it together. And I think it's important to realize that and understand that, especially when, you know, us ourselves are going through a stressful time and, you know, at times stressful situations can kind of alter and change your behavior in ways that you wouldn't necessarily want want it to be. So, you know, um, let's get started and let's get into the discussion of what actually stress is. So a uh, pretty common definition of stress that most people seem to agree on is um, Stress is the capacity of a strained body uh, to cover its size and – oh, no, sorry. That's not stress. <laughs> that's resilience. Excuse me. Um, stress is – let me pull that up to get the dictionary definition for you guys. So, you know, we're starting. Um, can be defined as our mental, physical, emotional, and behavioral reactions to any perceived demands or threats. Um, so people, they use the terms um, burned out, stressed out, overwhelmed, angry, irritable, depressed, anxious – you know, on the verge of losing it. Um, many of these terms and phrases uh, kind of denote uh, the same thing that we're talking about, stress. So um, something to understand, you know, particularly about stress, it stems from the flight or fight response, So, um, which is tied to anxiety. So when situations seem threatening to us or, you know, our bodies usually react pretty quickly to our, you know, to supply protection by preparing, you know, to take action. You know, this uh, physiological reaction, like I mentioned, is a flight or fight response. Uh, the physiological response to a stressor is known as uh, reactivity. Um, and a physiological response can accumulate and result in a long-term wear on the body itself. So, like, you know, obviously in in the Paleolithic period, in the caveman days, you know, the fight, fight or fight response was essential for survival. And that's what, you know, kept our species around for as long as it is, has been. Um, you know, when, when facing, you know, a saber-toothed tiger or, you know, a rival tribe or whatever, for instance, you know, uh, specifically, you know, a big animal that was threatening to them, they had two main choices. You know, they could either fight the tiger or they could run away. You know, either way, their body had to prepare quickly to respond. The caveman's heart, you know, began to race. You know, the breathing rate increased. Pupils started dilating. Muscles became tense. You know, the mind started processing information rapidly and things, you know, seemed to slow down in a way. Um, you know, this is a natural response to danger. You know, and it really helped, you know, our species survive throughout the time and protect ourselves. Um, so we talk about stress, you know, what what makes a thing stress, uh, stressful? So like I mentioned, you know, situations uh, are usually things that um, cause stress. So situations that have uh, strong demands or situations that are imminent, it's another uh, thing that can make something stressful. Um, life transitions, that's another important thing that can uh, 
you know, have stress coming along with it. Timing, you know, in a sense, you know, deviating from a norm of some kind. Um, ambiguity, ambiguity um, <laughs> desirability, uh, controllability, all these things can make something stressful. You know, you talk about, you know, ambiguous situations are those, you know, that we're unaware of, you know, it can cause stress because of something that's new to us. You know, for example, you may be stressed, stressed out when you're taking an exam with the professor for the first time because you're not sure what to expect. How is grading going to go? Is there um, potential for extra credit? You know, there's all these things going in your mind. You know, how are they, you know, is it, is it mostly going to be um, multiple choice or do I have to write things out? You know, these these things are normal, right? And, and that's probably because you're trying to, you know, figure out a situation. Um, but desirable situations um, are stressful because our performance in these situations may influence our ability to get something we really want. Um, so, like, for instance, take a job interview, right? Um, you may be really stressed out in a job interview for the job of your dreams. And this is something you really want to do and really want to get. But again, there is some stress there. And that, that is that happens to all of us. You know, we also may tend to get stressed out in situations that we do not have a lot of control over. So this tends to manifest this way in our world and our lives as uh, a family member getting ill or, uh, you know, something that is not necessarily in our control, but things still keep happening and we can't really do anything about it. So, you know, talking about stress, stress, I don't like to think of stress as a net negative. I don't think all stress is bad. Um, so I think there is two types of things you can, you know, denote here and kind of separate. There's distress, you know, which is a continuous experience of feeling overwhelmed, oppressed, behind in our responsibilities. You know, it's all-encompassing sense of being imposed upon by you know, difficulties with no light at the end of the tunnel. So some of these, you know, distressful situations could be um, financial difficulties, you know, conflicts in relationships, um, ridiculous obligations that one has put upon themselves, you know, managing a chronic illness or um, a uh, acute illness, um, experiencing trauma. All these types of things, you know, uh, are examples of distress. And, you know, eustress is another form of stress that is positive and beneficial. And this denotes itself from distress. And, you know, we may feel challenged, uh, by, but the source of the stress are opportunities that are, you know, meaningful to us. So eustress um, helps provide us with energy and motivation to meet our responsibilities and achieve our goals. So an example would kind of be like graduating from college, uh, getting married, receiving a promotion, changing jobs. Um, there is stress with all those things, but they are meaningful and important, you know, moments in our lives that will or will not cause stress depending on how you take it. And I think you know, no matter what it is, there is going to be some type of stress there. But I think it's important to denote and to understand that the difference is this is, you know, it's eustress instead of, you know, distress. Um, so let me think here. So let's talk about a, you know, a stress response. So a good example of a, of a stressful situation for many people, like I mentioned earlier, is taking a test, right? So if you find, you know, testing to be stressful, you might notice certain physical, behavioral, mental, and emotional responses. So... You know, within within a physical response, you might get your hands might get sweaty. You might get sweaty. You might have a um, your stomach might hurt. Um, behavioral response: you might be, um, you know, prior to taking the test or right at the test, you might be more, um, you know, snappish or at people, not very, you know, uh, kind. You might be more on edge, um, or you might just be completely shut down and just, you know, kind of in a in a daze. Or, you know, um, but there's there's so many different things here, you know, and this, you know, again, this is not a life or death situation. But, you know, what many of us perceive taking a stress, you know, taking the situation as a test as somewhat of a threatening experience in a lot of ways. You know, Am I going to make it? Is this this is a really big test? You know, you know, it's threatening. If I don't do well, then I won't be able to pass this class. And if I have to take this, again, you know, this this, you know, stuff goes on. So I mentioned physically, you know, I said your heart, you know, raises, your hands become sweaty, you, sh you can shake, um, your breathing becomes rapid and shallow in a lot of cases, you kind of clenching of your jaws, 
uh, might get a little dizzy, you know, for, like I mentioned behaviorally, you know, avoiding eye contact with other people, um, stuttering, looking down. Um, when it comes to your mental response, your cognitive response, you know, your mind may go blank. You know, might, you, your, you know, your thoughts might race wildly, but a lot of the times, you know, the response that people get mentally when taking a test is you have everything in your head and then you get stressed out. You go into the classroom, you sit down and then everything you studied the couple of weeks or the night before, whatever, how you ever do your studying that just disappears. Happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to many of you out there. Um, you know, the thing is, like, you might have thoughts also about making a mistake or looking ridiculous, you know, looking ridiculous at the end of the semester, realizing that you weren't able to pass this class. Um, and like I said, you know, emotionally, you're definitely going to feel fearful. You're definitely going to feel anxious. So, you know, this is a typical stress, you know, response that people, you know, not all people, but a lot of people do have, you know, and, and it's situational. Not, you know, there's some people who are just, you know, not, they just are not very good at taking tests. You know, there's some people who, they can go and take a test on, you know, all different types of subjects. But when it comes to, say, uh, math or um, chemistry, all of a sudden they get this stress response. So it's, it's important to realize that, you know, we have to manage our stress and, you know, realizing how stress can come into our lives. And in moments like this, it's important because it might seem trivial. But at the end of the day, this affects all types of people out there that are students all the way from, you know, when you're a really young person to when you're in college. So, and even in grad school, I can imagine this happens literally to everybody. Um, so we talk about vulnerability to stress. You know, something to understand is some people are more vulnerable to stress than others. Um, and, you know, there's there's a lot of different, you know, stuff out there, um, you know, checklists, worksheets, uh, that I will be putting on the show notes that will kind of give you an idea of kind of just to see where you where you go on, you know, to determine the level of your vulnerability to stress in a sense. So and then from there, you can kind of figure out, well, how should I go about, you know, doing all this stuff? So, you know, um, we, we talk about when I talk about stress, you know, people usually think just, you know, a few things here and there. But some of the things could be a lot of various and not even you know, connected. So I mentioned work, you know, I mentioned, you know, classes, studying, uh, relationships with your partner, relationships with your family, relationships with your friends, um, you know, uh, your change in, you know, moving around, changing your residence, um, the amount of time you spend on social activities, changing, um, trauma, either past or current, um, your roommates, uh, Finances, your physical health, your appearance, taking care of your kids, um, getting married, you know, uh, changing schools, changing in eating habits, um, not feeling like you're fitting in, uh, legal matters, law violations, uh, religious, spiritual issues, mental health, uh, career decisions. I mean, the, your attitudes and thoughts, buying house. I mean, there's so much. I mean, death of a friend and a, or a family member. Um, all this stuff can stress you out and is stressful. And, you know, we don't take time to sit down and say, okay, well, am I really feeling stressed out about X situation or, you know, Y situation? Most people just go through it and take the stress and never try to actually address the stress and find ways to manage it. Because at the end of the day, the stress will take a toll on you mentally, physically, emotionally, behaviorally. It'll just take a toll on you. You won't be able to think straight. You'll be uh, not sleeping well, changes in your diet, changes in your behavior. And ultimately, it could lead to, you know, to uh, some anxiety and depression issues. So I think it's important to take the everyday stresses that we have and then you know compartmentalizing them and realizing, well, Okay, how are we going to, you know, attack this? Um, so we're talking about, you know, quote unquote, getting stressed out. Why do we get really stressed out? So I think the two major reasons we can go and kind of get to is, you know, we perceive a situation as, you know, difficult, dangerous or painful. Um, or, you know, we don't believe we don't really necessarily believe we have the resources to cope in a situation. So so think about it this way. Our perceptions equals how stressed we feel. Okay? We often you know, identify with specific events, people, situations that seem to, take, to make us feel stressed or more stressed. Um, it's as if these things automatically cause us to feel stressed out in a way. You know, but in reality, it's how we perceive an event, um, the meaning we give to it, 
that leads to the stress, feeling stressed or not feeling stressed. Um, so for a person that's trying to get healthy, working out, they could either, you know, feel like, oh, this is going to be painful. The next day is going to suck. All this stuff's going to be horrible. Or they could, you know, find some meaning and give some meaning to it and say, okay, well, you know, if I work out, I'm going to be there longer for my kids, longer for my wife, longer there for my family. There's so many different things in how you could change your perception could ultimately change how you feel about a situation and how stressed you feel about that situation. You know, so that, you know, the, the interesting thing about stress though is that, you know, it begins with our perception of things, with our perception of events. Um, so think about it this way. Have you ever like noticed that, you know, some people can feel quite stressed out about a particular event while others don't really seem bothered at all by it? So like take, you know, say three of your friends got a bad grade on a test, right? You might notice the different reactions. You know, one friend may seem to be mildly annoyed for an hour or so, kind of, you know, pissed off about the situation. Um, you know, another friend doesn't seem to be bothered at all, doesn't really care, you know. And, you know, the third friend could be, you know, really alarmed about this poor grade. You know, she can't get it off her mind. You know, he, he or she can't get it off her mind. And you know, he or she vows to, you know, I want to study harder. I want to do better. Um, and... Uh, you know, they they give up sleep and they will uh, – but this, you know, it affects their other work that they're doing. And, you know, there's a ton of stuff and how people take things, you know. Again, you have to also think, you know, a person like that might be, you know, so increasingly, you know, concerned about all the grades that they're kind of falling behind that the semester itself, you know, she'll wonder, you know, or he'll wonder that by the end of the semester, will the GPA really be where I need it to be? You know, in a case like that, you know, um, a poor grade on a test means something, you know, different for each of the friends in that situation. You know, the same situation has happened to all three, but each person feels more or less stressed about it because of what it means to him or her, essentially. So we have to also talk about, you know, stress warning signals. What are some of the warning signals that um, you get when you're stressed out. So I guess the warning signs, red flags, that stress is creeping in your life. You know, if we keep pushing ourselves, eventually something inside us will send, you know, red flags or warning signs that stress is becoming a problem. So at least the way it's manifested in my life is um, if I'm stressing out about a particular situation, um, I'll notice that while thinking about it, while trying to plan for it or whatever, I'll notice myself becoming increasingly anxious and having some dread about even, you know, approaching that situation. And if, if, if I automatically have those feelings specifically to a thing that, you know, whatever the situation is, it's not necessarily good or bad. It could be even just nothing. But I'll have this, you know, dreadful feeling about it. That's usually a red sign. That usually is a sign that I need to kind of change my perception about things and change the way I look at it. Um, but there's, there's a ton of warning signals out there. And I think a lot of people need to take into effect, you know, like I, you know, that this stuff isn't just, um, something to, you know, oh, I can deal with the stress, whatever. I'm going to put it in the back burner and not think about it because eventually it'll start affecting your life. It'll eventually it'll start, you'll start snapping on people that you don't want to snap, you know, that don't need, deserve to be snapped on. Um, you, you start getting angry at people that don't deserve to be getting angry. You, you don't that they don't deserve to be you be getting angry at them. So there's there's a, there's a way to do this, and there's not a way to do this. There's a way to take the stress. I mean, that could be a stress warning signal. If, if that is the that should be the last warning signal. Obviously, I mean, if you're not seeing the other warning signals before a moment like that, you really need to open your eyes and take more of account of your mental health. Um. So. When we talk about stress, it's important, like I said, to obviously know the warning signals. And I mentioned a few of them. For, like, for me, it essentially starts um, – it's essentially – it starts with um, the anxiety and the dreadful feeling. But for other people, it could just be, you know, I'm just going to not think about it. I'm gonna, they can keep telling themselves I'm not going to think about it. So – like I said, you know, obviously knowing your specific warning signals because my warning signals of stress and 
how it's affecting me are not necessarily the same as yours. So it's, imper- it's important to take inventory and realize how you react to stress. You know, maybe if you're going to have a, if you're, if you're, if you know a stressful moment is, or situation is coming up, take note of it. See how you react in that certain situation. You know, journal it down. I think journaling is really important and I think it's great for your mental health, spe- you know, specifically if you had a rough month and, you know, a few months later you go back and kind of read it and see what you went through. I think it's really important because it really gives you a lot of, insightful perspective about your different, you know, moods and how you, you know, learn and you can learn how you cope with stuff and learn how to better cope with stuff. So, you know, when people talk about stress, um, and I'll get to the resilience part in a little bit, but, you know, we talk about reducing stress. Yeah. And this is kind of getting into the resilience part, but, you know, first everybody needs to have a support system, you know, so we need to find people to talk to, to express our feelings and our experiences with. This can be anybody. I mean, uh, friends, family, if you're in school, a teacher, um, counselor. Um, if you find someone in your, if you're religious, a church or whatever, mosque, you know, a minister, imam, whatever, rabbi, that you feel you can talk to about your stress. Um, sometimes people just need a vent and get something off their chest. Um, and I think expressing our feelings can be relieving. And I think the importance of talking to somebody else, we can feel supported by others and can help us work throughout our problems. So I think it's important to find a support system. Um, I also think, you know, changing your attitude, you know, find other ways to think about stressful situations. You know, there's that quote, uh, life is 10% what happens to us and 90% of how we react to it. So we, we have to learn, and it, it just sounds kind of corny for a lot of people, I'm sure. But we have to learn how to talk to ourselves positively. You have to keep reminding, people have to keep, and I have to keep reminding myself at times, no, I can handle it. You know, we can do it. Like today I was working out and it was pretty stressful <laughs> uh, mentally and, and physically. And one thing I kept telling myself, it's going to be over soon. It's going to be over soon. 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Yeah, you can't. You can't be negative and, you know, and then all of a sudden just quit and never go back, right? Or, you know, I've handled stuff like this in the past. I can do this again. Um, But we also need to be able to practice acceptance of this stuff. Um, We need to learn to accept things we cannot change without trying to expect more control over them. You know, like I mentioned in the episode about, you know, stoicism, and I've mentioned this in a bunch of other episodes, we need to be able to differentiate things that are in our control and things that are not in our control. And the things that are in our control, we should worry about. When I say worry, I mean, you know, when I, when I worry about something, that means I can do something immediately to change something in that situation. But if I can't, wor- you know, if I can't change something, I, there's no need to worry, but there's a need to care. And caring, you know, it's that I have sympathy and I understand what's going on, but I'm not going to let this affect me emotionally and mentally, right? So we need to learn how to accept things. And, you know, stressful situations, specifically ones that we don't have control control over, like a friend or a family member passing, of course. Of course it's 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 not fair and it's tough and it's it's stressful and it's it, it's um it's all types of terrible stuff. And it hurts. But we need to understand and accept that just because we try to exert more control over these situations doesn't mean that things are going to change. And I think it's also important for us to be realistic with our lives. You know, we have to set practical goals, you know, for dealing with the stressful situations in our lives and solving our problems. Um, I think it's important to develop our realist, realistic expectations of ourselves and others because, you know, if you have an expectation of yourself and it's not realistic and you end up not being able to accomplish what you, you know, had your mind on and then it doesn't work out, you end up punishing yourself and getting mad at yourself and feeling down about yourself. And it's genuinely not a good, not a good experience because no one wins at the end of the day. Your ego's completely destroyed. Um, the goal that you had was too high and was never going to be achieved in the first place. And then, you know, the dread and depression sets in. That I can't, I can't do anything right. So I think it's important to be realistic because if you can be realistic, 
you can really remove yourself from situations that will be stressful. So, you know, setting our expectations or goals high may seem like a useful way, I guess, to push ourselves and to get things done. But a lot of the time, you know, we we really set ourselves up for disappointment and, and, and continued stress. You know, so I think it's really important to find the courage within ourselves to recognize our limits, right? And, you know, I think another important thing we can do is um, – Get organized and take charge. You know, being unorganized or engaging in poor planning more often than not leads to a frustrate, you know, frustrating situation or a crisis situation, which, you know, always leads to a feeling of stress. So I think it's important to make a schedule, plan your time out, establish your priorities, figure out what's important to you, how much time you want to spend on it. You know, do I would say do this until it becomes a productive habit. Don't let it become a controller over your life. Don't let it become a tyrant over your life. You know, you, you need a schedule in your life, but it cannot become a tyrant over you. It needs to be, it needs to work with you. You need to work with it. You know, so I think it's important to take responsibility for your life and to be produ- proactive by being, you know, productive in this sense. You know, problem solve and look for solutions rather than try to worry about stuff. That will really help with, with you know, Reducing the stress that we feel naturally. So I think it's also not enough people take breaks and give themselves, you know, me time. You know, learning that, you know, taking time to yourself for rejuvenation, relaxation is, you know, just as important as giving time to other activities. I think, you know, at the least you can give yourself a short break during the day. Especially if you're if you're a busy person. And even if you're not, I think it's important to take a break and just, you know, sit down and take everything in, breathe a few times and just say, okay, so I'm going to continue this day. Boom. And go out there and attack it positively. So you might, you know, obviously, perp- you know, purposely schedule time in your, in your, in your, in your planner, daily planner to, you know, just for yourself so you can, you know, kind of get, the, you know, recharge the batteries for all the things you need to you know, end up doing later on. Um, but like, like I said, you know, learning your red flags for stress and being willing to take time to do something about it, I think this is a really important thing. And I think when I say me time, I think it's important to focus on what's stressing you out and how I can, how can I solve this situation rather than, you know, keeping it in the back of your head and then you're subconsciously worrying about it day in and day out. I think it's just a waste of your time and a waste of your energy. I mean, your mental energy can be used on so much other things and just, you know, putting something in the back burner and trying to suppress it until, you know, it pops up by force. Um, you know, I think another important thing is taking care of yourself, taking good care of yourself. It's a really important thing for reducing stress, you know, eating properly, getting you know a good amount of sleep every night, keeping a routine. You know, I think it's important to allow yourself to do something you enjoy every day. Um, you know, paradoxically that, you know, the time we need to take care of ourselves the most is when we are stressed is the time we do it least. So, you know, most people when stressed, when when we feel overwhelmed, you know, we tend to obviously sleep less, eat poorly, stop exercising, you know, generally, you know, we 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 push ourselves harder. Um this taxes the immune system whether you like it or not. You know, it causes it to become more sick easily. You know, but if we take good of our, you know, good care of ourselves to begin with, We'll be better prepared to manage stress and accomplish our tasks in the long run, and we won't run our body down to the point where, you know, you're you're in a stressful situation, you're trying to handle things, and then boom, you get the flu, or you get, you know, strep throat or something like this, or a sinus infection, or whatever. Um, So I think it's important to take the time to rest, to reduce the stress, take care of yourself, eat right, you know, get get some good rest, keep a routine, Um, but do it mostly and you know do those things mostly when you're stressed out because like i said it's 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 a paradox it's it's hilarious that you know we take care of ourselves when we don't really need it but when we're stressed out we don't do it at all <laughs> um and i think you know it's hard you know for a lot of people um learning to say no i think that's really hard for a lot of people it's definitely hard for me in a lot of ways um, so learning to pick and choose which things you say yes to and which things you will not say yes to. 
So, you know, protect yourself by not allowing yourself to take on every request or opportunity that comes your way. Learn to kind of put a filter for that stuff. You know, it's okay to decline a request for a favor. You know, saying no does not mean you're necessarily a bad person, self-centered, uncaring, you know, uh, have no heart. It doesn't mean that. You know, so I think I think what it means is that, you know, I'm not able to do this. And if I did try to do it, I wouldn't do it effectively. I think that's what no means. And that's what no should mean for in, in all these situations. So I think it's, you know, it's important to learn skills of assertiveness so that you can feel more confident and have a more effective way of saying no. Um, because if you don't end up saying no to things, you just get hoodwinked into doing everything for everybody. And at the end of it, you know, you might get this, you know, sense of like, oh, I did some stuff for people. But at the end of the day, you didn't do anything for you. And you're sacrificing your mental, physical, emotional uh, health for other people, but not getting anything for yourself in a sense. So what do I mean by that? If someone, if you if you are the type of person that just can't stop saying yes, and you end up taking responsibilities for everybody. What happens to your, what happens to me time? What happens to your responsibilities? What happens to you getting better? What happens to you going to the next level? It doesn't because you're just busy, you know, not saying no. And that's an important thing. Learning to say no is so important to reducing your stress because you say yes and then you get all this stuff thrown on you and then you have all this stuff at your face and like, oh my God, this is all so stressful. And it just increases your stress and increases your stress and you end up doing it and biting your tongue and it just, it, it leads to a very res- stressful, um, vindictive uh, way of feeling. I think it's also really important to get some regular exercise. You know, So I think exercising regularly can help relieve a lot of the symptoms of depression and stress. There's a lot of studies out there. As I have, I mean, I, I could put up on the on the show notes. There's over 30 studies out there showing that. And obviously, getting regular exercise, you know, helps maintain our health in general. But you know, exercising can build confidence. It can help with your self image. It can, and then through that, it can help your self esteem. And I think it's also a great way to take time for yourself. You know, to blow off some steam, to get rid of some stress, and release physical tension. Um, I can tell you, there's nothing better than after a stressful week of just you know getting on the getting on treadmill, some type of cardio, you know, getting your heart rate really, really up, and then you know uh, lifting a little bit. Or uh, one of the things I love doing is hitting the heavy bag at the gym. It's a really great way to release stress, but you're also getting a great workout, and it's also really important. You know, you get your form down and everything. You, you learn something while you're doing it. That's what that's what people don't realize about exercising. If you do stuff that's fun, you learn you know, functional movements that don't only translate, you know, for you lifting weights at the gym, but it also translate, you know, for helping, you know, uh, your family move a couch or whatever. So there's, it's a multifaceted way of, you know, getting healthy to release stress, but also I'm able to, I'm able to be, I'm going to be able to do things, you know, and help myself and help other people out that I wasn't able to through the strength I gained. So, I think another and really important thing for reducing stress, you know, because we're talking about stress today and we're talking about stress reducers um, at this point, I think it's important to get a hobby and do something different, you know, for, you know, you have to have a balanced lifestyle, you know, playing and having a good time is just as important as working. So, you know, leisure activities and your hobbies should, it can be very enjoyable and inspiring and they, you know, can offer an added sense of accomplishment to our lives. Um, and meaning, um, you know, for ideas on new hobbies, I think, you know, there's, there's so many books and internet resources and organizations that, you know, you might find interest in that you can join and, you know, um, see, you know, if you, if you want to get back into school, see what courses there are, you know, there's so many things you can do, um, and so many different stuff that you can include in your leisure activities and hobbies, um, I wouldn't say – don't, you know, don't quickly dismiss new opportunities. I think it's important to find interesting things, um, fun things, you know, even playing video games or um, golf. There's so many different things, sports. There's so many different stuff you could do. Um, but I think you know, another thing we don't do very often and we don't take inventory of is just slowing down. We don't slow down. Um, so I think – 
it's important to know our limits and try to cut down on the number of things we try to do each day, particularly if you're not having enough time for yourself or for those things. Um, you know, this goes back to the other thing, you know, be realistic about what you can accomplish effectively each day. You know, so you, I think it's important to monitor your pace. Um, rushing through things can lead to, often leads to mistakes or, or poor performance in general. Um, I think it's important to take the time you need to do a good job and poorly done tasks can lead to added stress at the end of the day. So I, I think it's, it's, it's a, um, it's a double-edged sword when it comes to that. If you don't slow down, it's just another way to add more stress to your life. But, I, you know, I think it's important also to laugh you know, use, use humor, you know, do something fun and enjoyable, see funny movies, laugh with friends, have a good time, read, fu- read, a, read a, you know, go to a comedy show or read a humorous book. I think it's important to, because so many people are so serious and so busy throughout the, throughout the week that we rarely get a good laugh in. I think it's one of, one of the few things as humans that we have that is just so, you know, it's good. It's it's contagious, and it also helps relieve a lot of stress, specifically if you're in a stressful situation and something funny happens. You can just feel the tension relieve your body and, you know, release from the room, and, and things change. Um, learning to relax, you know, develop some type of routine that can help you relax. Uh, I meditate not as often as I should, but I do meditate um, a couple times a week. Um, I used to do it a couple times a day, but obviously as things get, um, get, as you get busier, you're not able to take as much time to, for yourself. And that's something I need to obviously work on. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about the subject today because this week has been kind of stressful. And I think, you know, after doing a little research about this stuff, I think it's kind of important uh, to go into it. But, uh, you know, I meditate, right? Some, a lot of people do yoga. Um, some people, you know, um, Play Minecraft. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of relaxing things that people do in their free time. And I think it's important to learn how to relax and be okay relaxing. There's so many people, like they tell me, oh, I tried uh, meditating, but I couldn't, I, I couldn't, you know, make my mind go blank. And I'm just like, okay, well, it seems like you have a lot of stuff in your mind. You, you just need to learn how to relax first before you take on any of these things like yoga or meditation. So like I said, relaxation, relaxation techniques are obviously skills. You need to, they need to be developed with patience and practice so we can use them effectively during difficult times of stress later on in our lives. Um, so obviously many of the different types of things we uh, I talked about today, there's, there's ways of learning these relaxation exercises. Obviously there's deep breathing, which a lot of people don't you know, take advantage of, you know, in through the nose, out through the mouth, all that stuff. It's, it's heavily used in, in meditation and yoga. Um, visualization, you know, I think visualization is a nice way of giving our minds and our bodies a mini vacation in a way. Um, and, you know, just, I think also muscle relaxation, getting massages and, um, using a tool like a hypervolt, which is a percussive massager on yourself. I think stuff like that, you know, specifically for in your neck where you have a lot of the tension, a lot of the stress, you can feel it there. Uh, it's something, it's really important to, to take these things into effect and realize that, you know, these, all these things can help with our, with our overall stress. You know, obviously when we feel stressed, you know, it's, it's really common for our rate of breathing to increase, you know, it's really shallow and you, it's more high in our chest. And I think, you know, like I said, a deep breathing exercise could take, help us a lot to take fuller, slower breaths. And I think it will help us reflect on a more relaxed state versus a more stressed out and anxious state. And, I think I, I mentioned I mentioned visualization. I think it's important to um, use imagery to fully immerse ourselves in a pleasant scene, noticing you know the sounds, sights, and smells and sensations that you would have in a situation like that. I think it's always important to have a place in your mind of uh, you know a place that you really enjoy, a time that you can look back at and kind of say, "Wow, that was a really relaxing, wonderful part." of my life and you could just, you know, close your eyes and go back there if you need to. And I think it's always important to have that type of place. I think everybody, I think it's really important for everybody. Um, so some of the next steps we can take is, um, you know, think when it comes to, to stress, you know, think about a situation or the situations at hand, right. Uh, that are particularly stressful for you. 
um, come up with a plan for handling the situation. You know, using the inf- information I-, I talked about today and other information you'll find on the internet, figure out a plan for handling some of the stress. Um, try to, to change the way you look at a situation, you know, the way you appraise a situation to make it less stressful on yourself. But also realize and understand that, you know, remember stress is normal, but, you know, watch out for symptoms of stress and realize that it, it is taxing on you. And if you don't, you know, find ways to relax throughout, you know, a stressful week or throughout a stressful life, that it will take a toll on your body. Um, so, like I said, you have to use coping skills, you know, a way to reduce your stress, practice relaxation techniques. There's so much that you can do in a situation like this. But we have to be vigilant about it. You know, the issue is not, like I said, it's not amount, it's not the amount of stress you have, but rather how well you can cope with it. And um, there is, a, you know, with stress, you feel a an urgency or pressure, and it it can really, like I said, a lot of the stress stuff can lead to illness and diseases that impact us emotionally and physically. You know, um, high blood pressure, um, heart attacks, uh, strokes, all this stuff can – stress can increase those things happening. So I think it's really – and, you know, as well as depression, anxiety, um, a psychotic break. I mean a lot of these things happen to a lot of people just, you know, based on uh, on how you've been feeling. You know, but I think stress is important. In a lot of ways, because stress can help us achieve a success, you know, success. Um, the I think one of the original uh, words, the word for stress, and I think in, in German is uh, "beastrung," which is I think, which probably is more accurately accurately uh, translated as strain. Um. <laughs> or load, you know, caused by a load or burden versus, you know, the way we kind of view it here, which is, you know, a little bit more esoteric. Um, but I think it's important to plan for the challenging times. You know, we talked about stress itself, the consequences, ways to, you know, change your mindset and your to kind of adapt to it. But I think it's essential and important to plan for the challenging times. I Like I said, I think it's important if you, something is in your control, I think it's important that you do care and worry about it and focus about you know, the things that you have control on. Um, it's, it's, quite, it's quite interesting because not, all, not everybody has a, a good grasp of what's in their control and what's not in their control. And they have, some people have a hard time finding what is and what isn't that situ- in that situation. But if you really look deep down and you know figure it out, you can figure out what are the you know physical stressors that are in your control and what are your emotional stressors that are in your control. And obviously, like I mentioned earlier, you know, you're lot you know running from a lion who's trying to eat you. That's obviously a physical stressor, you know, emotional stressor. Obviously, is worrying like about life events. Um. You know, we talked about flight and fight. But um, I think another important thing to mention is freeze. And uh, something a lot of people tend to do when confronted with a situation that is stressful is you know, we talked about the flight or fight response in accordance with uh, you know, humanity's past and everything like that. But another thing that, you know, People just end up freezing, like you know the term "freezing like a deer in, head, in the headlights." You just freeze and not make a decision or not act. And I think a lot of the time, you know, if the stress is so bad that you just end up freezing, this need you need to activate the emergency systems at this point um, in your in your in your mind and try to figure out what's going on because you know flight or fight is one thing, but freezing and not even you know, it's 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 a it's a situation where you feel so powerless and you're not able to have any control over the situation, even more so than you, you ever thought was possible. 
So I think it's important to, to kind of realize that this stuff will happen to you over time, has happened to me, will happen to everybody. But I think it's important to realize that you will get to a point when you come with a stressful situation and you freeze up. And I think it's important to prepare for situations like this and realize like, well, if this happens, I have to do X, Y, and Z to get myself out of this mental state and go and attack the situation, attack the problem, whatever it may be. Um, hmm. I think it's also something important to say that, you know, I talked about, you know, obviously the immediate effects of stress, you know, sweatiness in your hands, you might get a little dizzy, all this stuff. But, you know, I talked a little bit about it adding on to, you know, um, diseases like heart disease and high blood pressure and which could lead to strokes and all this other stuff. But there's also, you know, uh, chronic headaches. Weight gain, weight loss, um, uh, problems with sleeping, like I mentioned, overall fatigue, digestive problems. All this can be from, you know, your stress. Uh, we talked about, you know, anxiety, but it's something that people don't talk about. You know, we have – people do have a general sense of anxiety, but stressful situations can trigger anxiety attacks. You know, they can trigger bouts of depression, like real, real bouts of depression, real bouts of irritability. Um. Complete emotional paralysis where you're just emotionally paralyzed and can't get out of that. You know, it's not – it's kind of like freezing but way worse, freezing emotionally. Um, you can be scattered and forgetful about stuff and you can tend to isolate. These are, these are important, you know, emotional signs of stress that if you're living with somebody who has a stressful life, it's important to look at these, you know, different things I mentioned, you know, being irritable. Uh, being depressed, having anxiety attacks, you know, emotional outbursts, being emotionally paralyzed, not there, you know, scattered, forgetful, isolating oneself. These are all signs of emotional, you know, stress, signs, emotional signs of stress. Um, so I think we need to take these things a little bit more seriously than we try to brush them off because everybody looks at stress as, oh, it's a normal thing and it is, but like I said, unchecked, it has negative consequences. Um, and there's, you know, like, you know, we talk about stress and there's critical components for stress. You know, there's a lack of predictability. There's, you know, lack of control, like I mentioned, lack of outlets for frustration, um, limited social support, lack of perceived life improvement, um, a ton of internal forces too that, you know, that are just, activated by our perceptions you know events interpreted as a challenge or a threat like i said or a negative condition will activate the stress responses but again we have to be able to differentiate between these these events these moments and situations and realize what should be and shouldn't be viewed in that way and whether or not we're kind of adding you know stresses to ourselves So we talked about the different types of stress that can be caused by stuff. But the best way to um, break things down in terms of stress, another way of doing this is, you know, take the inside world and the outside world in a way and how you how stress can be triggered by the outside world and inside world, internal mind. Um, so we obviously try to respond to external events, all of us. You know, we, uh, when it comes to demands from work, families, you know, our school relationships, our kids, spouses, um, all this stuff, you know, that's, that's one way the outside world interact, you know, traffic, <laughs> you know, while, while, while driving. Um, you know, if you live next to a train, hearing the train at night, dealing with that, you know, outside, you know, the stress triggered by the outside world. Um, our challenges we talked about, you know, like learning, taking on new responsibilities, increasing our workload at work or wherever it may be. Um, like I mentioned, it changes to our lives. Um, like I said, financial setbacks, all this stuff. This stuff is important to realize that it's external and you need to, you need to kind of differentiate your stressors by external and internal, the outside world, and the inside world. Um, 
I think it's important to have a passion outside your work too. I mean, if you're, if you're passionate about your work, more power to you. Um, a lot of people aren't. Um, but I think a lot of people are. So I think it really varies and depends on an individual to individual basis. But I think it's important to have a passion outside of your work. This podcast is mine outside of my work. So I think it's important to find an outlet for your, for your, your creativity and find an outlet for your passions that can be just, you know, as a, as a continued extension of yourself versus, you know, being unidimensional. So I think it's important to embrace, like I, we talked about being realistic, right? But I, th- I think it's also important to, to embrace an optimistic yet realistic outlook on life. The, you know, we talk about a lot in this, in this show about, you know, realizing what's in and not in your control. But, you know, we obviously know one thing we have in our control and that's our, our attitude. It's our attitude. Um, mindfulness, right? Being mindfulness, having, you know, having, you know, uh, characteristics that exudes mindfulness. Um, let me try to think of how to, I think it's, so mindfulness is, you know, the psychological process of bringing one's attention to experiences occurring in the present moment, which can develop through the practice of meditation or through other training. Um, and I, I do want to have a show completely on, on meditation itself, but I'm, I'm going to kind of get a little bit into it and uh, kind of finish a show up on it. Um, so th- there's a ton of clinical studies that have been documented, both physical and mental health benefits of mindfulness in different, you know, patient categories as well as in healthy adults and children. So, you know, so research studies have, you know, consistently shown a positive relationship between trait mindfulness and psychological health. You know, the practice of mindfulness appears to provide therapeutic benefits to people with uh, psychiatric disorders, including those with uh, psychosis. Um, studies also indicate that rumination and worry contribute to the onset of a variety of mental disorders. So there's, a, like I said, it's not just me saying this. There's tons and tons of studies out there that are talking about this. And, you know, there's also a bunch of um, studies showing that, you know, mindfulness-based interventions significantly reduce both rumination and worry, a.k.a. stress altogether. And, you know, further the practice of mindfulness can be a preventative strategy to halt the development of mental health problems. So, you know, there's, there's a few ways to look at mindfulness. There's, um, uh, it's derived obviously from, uh, a Buddhist and Buddhist traditions based on Zen Buddhism in a lot of ways. Um, you know, but to just not to get really get into it and kind of discuss the psychological effects. Um, it's important that we can, you know, take the experience occurring in the present moment and bring it to our attention. Um, I think it's also to, you know, when people are, so here's an example. When you're, Let's say you're going to go on a vacation and you, your kids and your wife are about to go on a vacation. You're at the beach, you're having a good time, whatever. But you're sitting there thinking about all the stressful things you have to go back to. I think in those moments, um, it's important to be mindful and bring attention to the experience occurring in the present moment and be thankful for that. I think mindfulness and gratitude for one's life come hand in hand and I think they naturally come this way. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, clinically when it comes to psychology and psychiatry, you know, psychiatry, um, in the 1970s, there's been a ton, a ton of stuff, you know, used to help people with different conditions. Like I said, it's used for anxiety reduction, depression, helping reduce symptoms of depression, stress, and treatment of d- drug addiction. Um, weight management as well, um, 
helping kids with special needs, athletic performance. So mindfulness is not just necessarily just for stress, but it's a big tool to help you relieve yourself from stress. And I don't think a lot of people, you know, do take the time to learn how to enjoy each moment for what it is and not to be con- you know consumed with a prior moment that you might you were stressful stressed out about or a new moment that you're stressed out about but to focus in on the moment at hand and to really enjoy it and to really be appreciative of it cuz you know finding a way to be mindful and finding a way to be grateful like i said being you know um appreciative of one's life is it comes hand in hand and i think if you can't be mindful, you can't be grateful for what's going on in your life. And you're not really able to see the hard work that you've done and to the, the fruits of all the hard work that you've done over the time. You know? So I, I think it's important to learn how to cope with, your, with, with these stressors. You know, um, I think it's important to realize that, you know, mindfulness is a tool. Not just for, like I said, stress management and coping with stress, you know, stress man- with stress, stressful situations. But I think it's, I think it's something that everybody can, whether you want to, you know, read into Buddhism or Zen Buddhism or anything like that. That's not really important. That's not what I'm here to talk about today. It's just realizing that, regardless of where something is coming from, if the tool works, it works. So we have to be aware of all this stuff. We have to be aware of how this can really, you know, build resilience, you know, how we can bounce back from the challenges of our lives. Um, Because, you know, one stressful situation after another, after another, after another, after another will, like I said, have a, a lasting effect on you. And even if you're able to deal with the stress later on or whatever, it still will have a lasting effect on you. And, and your your the way people view you will be changed based on how you dealt with the stress and all this stuff. There's a ton of people out there who are fantastic at dealing with stress and who are who are really who practice mindfulness and all this stuff. But there's also a ton of people out there that, you know, get stressed out and take it out on a loved one or take it out on themselves and they treat themselves nasty and eat terribly and do all this stuff. So I think it's important to promote a problem solving versus a stop stop being problem oriented. Be solution oriented, and that that's and and, you know practice mindfulness. Um, you know, um, exercise as much as you can. Organize your time efficiently. You know, build and cultivate your friendships. Get enough sleep every day. You know, live, live your life according to your values. You know, take some time for yourself. Take some quiet time. You know, give and receive affection to others. Embrace an optimistic outlook. Eat healthily. Eat good for your, eat to live, right? Don't eat just to, just to move on and go to the next part of your life. You know, find a balance in your life. Find the thing in your life that will put you to the next level and find a thing in your life that will, you know, put you in a equilibrium with your stress, your your highs and your lows. That will put you in equilibrium. So you're able to accomplish your goals and your tasks more effectively and more efficiently. Um, I th- like I said, don't be problem-oriented. Be solution-oriented. And again, um, it's important to take our mental health seriously. And if we don't take it seriously, if we do not find ways to deal with our issues, they will have lasting effects on us and the people that we love and the people that we're generally around. So again, take this stuff seriously. Pay attention to your stressors. Find out your red flags. Find out what what causes you, you know, your triggers for your stress and figure out how to deal with those things. Figure out what stressful situations in your life currently, maybe a little bit in the past, maybe things that are coming up in the future. Figure out how you can learn from the past events to, you know, help you act rightly in the current time. 
and maybe fix some things in the current time, but you know, use those things from the past and the present to help you become more resilient and more pro- you know, more solution oriented in the future. So again, take your mental health seriously, and it starts with, you know, realizing what's good for me, what's not good for me. But it also takes, it also starts with realizing, well, how can I manage it effectively? my stress and how can I reduce my stress to the point where I can, you know, start moving on to the next level. So again, I want to thank you for listening uh, to the show. I want to thank you for um, listening to this particular episode. Try to reduce your stress as much as possible and have a wonderful day. Take care. Mm -hmm.